Have you ever felt like you've blown it? Or maybe you've done something so major that you just can't come back from it? Or maybe even you have repented, but the enemy keeps throwing that same thing at you? Girl, I get it. Today, we are talking about a time recently where I messed it all up and how the Lord showed me what to do through that. I can't wait to bring you this good news to you today because, ladies, I believe that the Lord wants us free from sin, from bondage, from the things that keep pulling us down. And so this episode is for you. Do you also wish there was an easy way to know God, to read, understand, and apply the Bible in your everyday life and learn to be confident in who you are in Christ? To do all of this with the accountability of a mentor to cheer you on and support you? Because I know what it feels like to go at it alone, to be so busy that the days keep passing by without actually spending intentional time with God, to read scripture and then have no idea what I just read, and to even see other women living their best Jesus life and wanting more of all of it. Guess what, girlfriend? It is available for you and for me. Imagine if you had the tools in your tool belt to live an abundant life through Christ, to be so confident in whose you were and who you are that nothing could stop you, to read the Bible, understand what it meant, and maybe even share it with a friend, to be so close to God that you are able to discern his voice. That's why I created the Abundant Woman Breakthrough Sessions, where I teach you how to break through the lies of the enemy, prioritize the relationship with Jesus, and establish habits that will draw you closer to him. You will be able to create a routine of reading your Bible and knowing how to apply it to your life, have a full prayer life, and create the intimacy that you've been longing for. And you, my friend, will walk away with a deeper relationship with Jesus. So if you're ready for a mentor to come alongside you, meet you where you're at, and to help equip you to deepen your relationship with Jesus, it's time. Now, time is now. You can send me an email at hello at theabundantwoman.co, message me on Instagram, or check out the website, theabundantwoman.co backslash coaching. Let's start creating that intimate relationship with Jesus, even in the busyness of your everyday life. And I cannot wait to partner with you to do that. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. We are going to kick this episode off with a little bit of a personal story. Um, Let me give you some context first, because at my current walk with Jesus, we are in a trust walk where I have yielded 
to his will and surrendered it to him. He leads and I do my very best to follow. Not because I have to or I'm obligated to do or it's on a checklist, but because I love him so much that I want to honor him with my life, my actions, all of it. And because honestly, I know that he has the best for me anyway, like immeasurably more. Oh yeah, that's the shirt I'm wearing today. (laughs) Measurably more than I can ask or imagine, right? And so I know this because I've seen it time and time and time again in my life and even in the life of others. And you've probably heard stories here on the podcast of women and their stories and how they've just trusted God. I have tried my own way before. I have tried my own strength. I have made excuses for who I am. I have typed myself, given myself a number, all these things, right? Sam has done the things, checked the list, done the religion, and been in control. And it's never worked out until I surrendered, until I yielded. This beautiful life here in Tennessee, completely away from anyone I ever knew, the only community I had ever known, was a complete trust fall. It doesn't make sense. Like, it didn't make sense for me to leave my home and come here. It was an act of obedience. And it was pretty painful at first. It was so stretching and so trying, but it was so worth it. He always has my best interest at heart for his glory and his goodness. I tell you a little bit about that first part because I'm seeking his will and I'm walking and trying in sanctification, which is literally a fancy word for being set apart, right? I'm trying to live my life differently than the world and everyone else. I'm trying to live my life only for him, only for him. A life that is pleasing and honoring to him, which sets apart from the world. Right? Y'all with me? Okay. A few weeks ago, though, I'm on Facebook and I'm scrolling or doing something when I come across a post. Something caught my eye, so I clicked on the post, then I clicked on a link, then I followed that link to a website, and it was a bunny trail to sin. It started with a click and ended with me engaging in sin. And so I'm going to pause the story just to say that sin has a lot of meanings and a lot of words that talk about sin, right? There's sin, iniquity, transgressions. Iniquity is behavior that's crooked. Transgression is breaking trust. Sin is kata, which literally means missing the mark. The Bible also says that sin is lawlessness. Sin is failure to complete the goal. The goal is being to love God and love others. When we sin against people, we also sin against God. And when we sin against God, well, we sin against God. (laughs) My story is super vague on what the actual sin is. It could have been gossip. It could have been lying. could have been porn. It could have been me being a keyboard warrior and attacking someone. But it doesn't matter. We as people get so caught up, so caught up in the sin, in the labeling of the sin, in the categorizing of the sin and being like, oh, that person's sin. Oh my gosh, did you hear about Becky? Her sin is so big. As if we didn't have sin in our own life, right? We label the sin, we categorize it, all of it. Us people, our flesh gets caught up in all of that. But I want us to be caught up in the separation more than sin. Hear me again. 
I want us to be caught up in the separation more than the sin. Separation keeps us away from God. Separation should break our hearts because the God we love, who loves us so much, that loving him makes us want to live a life abiding in him because God is holy and sin cannot dwell in his presence. A holy God does not tolerate sin. That is the reason why it separates us from him. In God, there is no sin. There is no separation. We just get to fall in love with him more and more. And the more, you guys have heard me say this, the more I fall in love with him, the closer I get to his presence, the less I sin. Does that make sense? The more I fall in love with him, the more I desire to be in his presence, the more I am in his presence. I'm abiding. I'm listening. I'm in his word. I'm praying. And his presence holds no sin. The more I surrender all of my flesh up to him, flesh meaning like what Sam wants, my desires, me, you, right? The more I surrender that to him, the more he cleans house for me. I'm the house. And I always ask him like clean house. We'll get to that scripture, but clean house, God. I just want none of me in all of you. And so separation keeps us away from God. And without God, if you guys, a friend gave me this visual not that long ago, but without God, it's all, it's not just all the things evil, right? It's all the things it is that it's all the hate and evil and murder and all of these evil things. But without God is without God. God is all the things good. Without God, there's no love. There's no peace. There's no joy happiness. Like it's not just the horrific things. It's also a place that doesn't have peace, that doesn't have joy, that doesn't have happiness and goodness, right? Because that is all God. So separation should break our hearts. It should affect us. We should take it seriously. Okay. What does the Bible say about sin? Let's read a few scriptures. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned, all of us. So stop pointing at the Bettys and point at yourself. (laughs) All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Galatians 6, 8, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Uh, Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We'll talk about that in just a little bit too. Now the works of the flesh or our fleshly desires, right? Us, people, us are evident. There's sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Y'all, that was a big list. And that list could grow longer. But it says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such a thing will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Those who sit in their sin, who continue on with that path of doing any of those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will have eternal separation, right? 
In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Y'all, I can do a whole episode on that because... We should probably actually. <laughs> do not sin reign. Do not let sin reign your body. That means do not let sin be in control of your body so that you're submissive to sin and its evil desires. You're not obeying them. You're not offering any part of yourself to sin because it's wickedness, but rather you've been brought from death to life, friend. That's what all of our guest episodes on this podcast are for, sharing stories of death to life. Offer yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. What? Okay, one more for this one. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in, in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Y'all, that's where we get the the more I the more I spend time in his presence, the more I abide in him, the less I sin because you cannot sin and be in his presence, right? So back to my story, as I clicked on the button that led to the rabbit hole and ended in sin, I was shocked a little bit. Like I was like in a trance, I feel like. That sounds silly, but just bear with me. Like I was in a trance And then I was like, oh my gosh, Sam, what are you doing? When I realized what I had mindlessly done, I was heartbroken. Like I could still cry. And it wasn't, you guys, it wasn't like I went out and killed somebody. It wasn't out like I robbed a bank. I stole something. It wasn't even that I did something like sexually wrong. I just, it was the sin. I was heartbroken. I had failed. I missed the mark. I cried. And you know what? It didn't matter that it was a big sin or little sin. Sin is sin. We talked about the separation. That moment and few moments of sinning separated me from God. I was without the person I loved the most. And that hurt. You know what? I could have had a pity party. I could have been like, well, I already sinned this time. What else can I do? Well, I can just keep going. Or I could have let the enemy's voice in my head telling me all kinds of nasty things. I could have believed those lies. I could have sat in my guilt and shame until it covered me like a wet blanket. I could have done a lot of things. But hear me when I say this, but God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But God, he did not send his son to die for you and me, for me to sit in my pity, to sin more, to continue to listen to the enemy's lies, to feel guilt and shame. No, ma'am. He sent his son to die on that cross so that I could have redemption, so I could walk in freedom, so I could walk out of the grave clothes, and so I could defeat bondage. Sister friend, hear me when I say this to you. That scripture I read to you is available to you. 
This isn't special to Sam. This isn't, oh, the Abundant Women Collective. None of that. What is available to me is also available to you. It's not for the select few. It's for you. Jesus had his name, had your name on his mind when he died. He knows you. He loves you. And he hates being separated from you. Your sin, fill in the blank, has an opportunity to be redeemed. However big or dirty, or however small and tiny, or however else you would describe it, has an opportunity to be redeemed. So friends, how do we get redemption? We've done the thing, we've made mistakes, we've missed the mark. So how do we get redemption? First, we confess our sins and repent. When God exposes something in our hearts that is not of him, there's no condemnation, but there does need to be repentance. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. In 1 John 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's even a scripture, which I should have pulled up, that talks about he throws the sin as far as the east is from the west. He forgives us. If we confess our sins, scripture says he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He will do that for you, regardless of what it is. I want you to know that sometimes in the church world, we forget this part. We don't confess it. We don't repent. I explain repentance to my children like, Not just saying, I'm sorry. You are sorry. However, it's more than I'm sorry. It's, I was walking this way and doing this thing, and I stopped. I repented it. I laid down my sin and my unrighteousness, and I made a hard left or right turn. I went completely the other way. I turned away from the thing that got me caught up in sin, right? And so it's not just, I'm so sorry, but I'm also probably going to do this again and you're going to forgive me anyways. And it's all good because you love me and you died for me. No, ma'am. It is not that. It is, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Here it is, Lord God. I never want to do this again. I'm going to make a hard right turn and do the things that are pleasing to you. So number two, I want to say, don't take it casually. Remember the seriousness of sin. Just because you are redeemed does not mean that what had taken place wasn't serious. He is so good and it's only from his goodness that he forgives us and he takes away the red crimson stain and gives us white righteousness. There was a price paid for that sin. There was a price of somebody's life paying for that sin. So it is a serious matter. There was a price paid. It is not a free pass to do what we want and it's not a, hey, I'm going to do this and then ask forgiveness later. It is a reminder to walk in righteousness. Romans 5 tells us while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Friends, we were still sinners and he died for us anyways. We still missed the mark and he thought we deserved to have a new chance at getting the mark, right? Like 
The point of Romans 5 is that it was while you were in the state of weak and ungodliness when Christ said, I'll die for them. I got this, daddy. God looked at you at your worst and said, I want them and I will pay the price to cleanse them, love them and forgive them, even if it costs me my life. Isn't that so, it's crazy to think, but isn't it so good? It's so good and so God. He's the only one who has ever, ever and will ever do that for you. Number three, allow his love to heal you and rebuke the lies. It's a two for one. (laughs) So uh, you've removed this in, right? You've been forgiven. Praise Jesus. We've been made new. We are white as snow. Here's the part we have to work on. Let the Holy Spirit heal that part of you that was removed, that was tainted. I am an imaginary person. Not imaginary, but I like to use my imagination. My I am a visual person. I see things more than hear things, right? Okay, so imagine this. It's like a creek. When I was reading this and studying for this, I just kept picturing like a creek, a tiny little creek. There's tons in Tennessee, probably why I think of them all the time. But the water is Jesus, is the Holy Spirit, right? And so, but there's, the water is moving somewhere. And there's a rock or a stone stuck. And blocking the water from moving somewhere. That stone is the sin. And so once we give God our sin and we throw it as he throws it as far as the east is from the west, the sin is removed, the stone is removed, and the water is allowed to move freely, right? It doesn't just move in its one little path. It moves freely. It permeates every area of your life going forward, right? It cleans out. It clears out what it needs. The water is the Holy Spirit that is allowed, you have to allow him, to move freely and clean house. His love will fill every nook and cranny, every trauma, every abuse, every bias, every pain point, every sin, if we allow it. Psalm 51.10 says, clean in me a clean heart. Oh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. His love, his Holy Spirit will do that for us. It will not only remove the Holy Spirit, I mean, remove the sin, it will then heal it. It'll cover it just like the water covers every nook and cranny. We have to pray this prayer and, and have this heart. We have to surrender and yield so that he can do that. He's not just going to come in and do it without your permission. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill every nook and cranny of your life, of your past, of your sin. Okay? That's important. And also, remember, it's a twofer. We rebuke the lies. I'm passionate about this. It's what coaching calls. We inevitably always talk about this because when we have the identity of Christ, we are not this passive aggressive generation of women. No, ma'am. We are royal priesthood, children of God. We are important because of what he's done for us and who he is inside of us. The enemy will tempt you after redemption. After you've been redeemed, he'll say, Sam, you still aren't good enough, dude. Sam, you can't teach other women. You did X, Y, Z. Sam, you're so dirty. You failed before. You'll fail again. Lies, 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 right? It's important to know the truth of God's word so you can know and distinguish that's a lie 
That's truth, right? For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. You need to know the word of God to attack the enemy with his lies. That's how you punch him in the face, really. You know, when Jesus was in having his time alone and the enemy came to tempt him, what did he do? Jesus, the enemy would come up with some like, oh, well, if you were so important, the angels would have saved you or whatever. And got, and he comes back with scripture. So no scripture to not only rebuke the lie, say, nope, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And that has no authority over my life. That will not tempt, tempt me anymore. I am redeemed by the blood of Christ, right? Speak that out loud over the things. But then also know the word of God. So when he's like, you suck, you're like, actually, that's weird. I think it's, I'm called a child of God. I don't suck because of Christ's death for me, right? Like you can quote scripture to know your place, your standards, your identity. Do not let the enemy continue to beat you up. There is no beating up. You've actually won. We've won. We we know that, right? Like we won. This isn't a Batman, Robin, good guy versus bad guy, evil thing. God has already won. There is no contest. The enemy is just trying and scraping at whatever he can get a hold of to go to hell with him, honestly. But the end is done. It's already, we've already won. If this is a repeat situation, so like if it's a sin, that one is just maybe, you could do it for anything, right? You should do it for anything. But if it's something that keeps popping up for you, if it's something that feels really big, you can't handle it on your own. If it's something like that, you need to talk to a mentor, a pastor, or a trusted friend, okay? Hear me when I say this. Sin thrives in darkness. Darkness, sin, they go hand in hand. How do you bring sin out of darkness? You bring it to the light. You say it out loud and share it and surrender it. Confession is, we're not Catholic. However, confession is life-giving. It's not life-taking. It's this mentor or pastor will help bring this into light, will give you scripture to attack the enemy, will hold your arms up when you cannot hold them up any longer, will fight with you. They will intercede on your behalf. They are for you, right? And so confessing sin, just bring someone in your corner. If we're in a boxing match, which we've already won the boxing match, but that's okay. Scenario, <laughs> imagery, um, it's someone to fight with us, to fight alongside us, to keep us going, to help continuing to point us to Christ. Confessing our sins to each other is to be done in a loving, empathetic way because we all struggle with sin. We are in this together. James 5.16 clearly says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. 1 John 1.6 says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses His cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship with God and others is founded on walking in the light with God and others. Those are the four practical ways that I want you to... Well, first off, my heart's... We'll get to this. But my heart's desire is that we're not just... Christian women who go about our lives and just do, 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 life is so good or life is so awful and, and not seek him. I want us to be women who he is first in relationship, in time, in abiding, right? Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins. And it is through Christ and Christ alone 
We come to the Father for forgiveness for our sins. And John wrote it, to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Sister friends, we get to be children of God. Not children trapped in condemnation and shame. Not children who have no choice but to sin, but children of God. That, my friend, is your identity. We get to choose holiness. We get to repent and be redeemed. You don't have to. You, there are other options. We get to choose holiness and we get to repent and be redeemed. What an amazing God that we serve. A God who loves us so much. A God that calls us his. A God who takes away our pain, shame, trauma, and sin and gives us his identity. A new identity. We are not worthy of the white cloak that he gives us. We are not worthy of the righteousness we get to have through him. But some of you are also sitting in your not worthiness far too long. It is done. It is finished. He done died on that cross for you. Pick up your righteousness and move forward. Stop sitting in your shame. Stop sitting in the guilt and the I'm not worthy and I suck attitude and walk as a daughter of the most high king, a child of God, a God that calls us his. I have been praying for this episode for weeks, weeks right? Praying that this episode gets heard far and wide, not for number or statistics, because I don't care about that. Guys, this is God's podcast. It's like he tells me and I do it. It is a simple act of obedience. I don't even listen to a ton of podcasts. I had no idea what to do with this podcast or how to start it when he called me, but I said yes. And he has done the things with this podcast, right? So I don't care that it gets reaches for number state. I care because each number is a person who has heard the word of God. So I pray that this episode gets heard far and wide. I can hear chains falling. I can see curses breaking. I can see shame being driven away. I can see women standing in their God-given authority and fighting for the identity that is already theirs. I can see sin and lies that has entrapped so many women because they're unbound with the confession of their mouth. We haven't repented of it. Do you see that? Do you see what I see? I see freedom. I see walking in in a room with my head held high, not because of me, but because of who Christ is inside of me. Ladies, it's beyond time. It's time. Divorce the sin. The separation away from God is too much. Quit playing. Like it's time to just jump all in the river that God has for you. Stop playing. It's time to come home and he is waiting with his loving arms open wide for you. I pray so much that this episode blesses you, that if you need conviction that the Lord and Holy Spirit will do it, and that then he will bring in his Holy Spirit to clean house like we talked about and love you. I pray that we would step away from these scriptures knowing the seriousness of sin, but also the redemption that he has for us. I pray that you would walk differently that you would separate yourself from the world. You would divorce the sin, divorce the world, and just be like, I'm done. Friend, if you can't tell already, there is nothing for you left in the world. It is okay to be set apart. It is okay for your life to look different. I don't care if people say that, oh, you're too religious and you're too holy and blah, 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 and I don't like Sam anymore. I don't care. I love you. Come hang out with me because we're doing things different around here. 
We're done with the lukewarm Christianity. We're done with the one foot in the world and one foot out of the world. We are done. We're fed up with what the world has to offer for us and our children and the next generation. We are taking a stand on God's promises. We are standing firm on the truth of God's word. And we are living our life like there was a God who died for our sins and redeemed us because there was. And so we get to live like it and act like it and walk in that amazing identity and freedom. I love you. I hope this episode cleans some hearts and helps people. If you need me, if you have questions, if you want to chat, my inbox is always open. My Instagram DMs are always open. Feel free to message me and I will pray with you. I will walk through something with you. Just reach out, friend. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.